I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, there's a lot of people out there talking about inflation. Uh, gas prices going down a little bit. Diesel prices seem to not be going down. You know, you don't travel a lot anymore, but do you? Have you noticed the uh, price of diesel being? Have you had any opportunity to notice? Your your mother, <laughs> when she got the fuel bill, you know, you're normally looking at you know, fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars for a thousand gallons of diesel mm-hmm. or gasoline. Right. But it jumped from that. To about thirty five hundred, double. Well, almost double because because y'all bought at the highest point. No, we waited till it was much. It, it's going down now. So it was it was higher at some. Point. Oh yeah, but you still pay double even at a lower rate. Right at double, which kills me because you hear all the oh no prices are going oh. down, but it's still it's still high. The reason I know that is because he done me. <laughs> For a part of that, and I thought, hmm, because y'all are co-owners, it right? Better I mean, now, Chase, if you Chase have, is a the fuel is going into tractors that's working on. No, I didn't question that. I just said you could have bought a little to get by, <laughs> and then waited because it's going to go down. As an investor, that would have been my department. That's what I tried to do right there. Well, if I'd have been consulted, <laughs> I would have said buy a third now, uh, wait a little bit, and then it would have saved you some money. But that would have been fine. If the operator, one stone, stones the operator, and Stone said that that tank's getting lower diesel out Needed there, diesel. and we got a bush hog, and we got to plant the feed, we got to do this, and they were with heavy machinery. We had we got bulldozers, track hoes. They used a lot of fuel. Now yeah. we're down to yeah. the pumping stage because it's a drought down here along these river bottoms this year, so it's dry, dry. I mean, but we were hunting was. teal and. Water like this, but because it's such a good till, it looks like to me that dry is a lot better than wet. Well, Even Red Dog Phillips called me up and he said, oh "You boy. better start pumping, get plenty of water, because he who has the water wins this year because yeah. the rice fields will be dry and where most of these ducks go." So he said, but "Give them full bore, full capacity." I'm in complete w- agreement with everything that's said. This wasn't the argument. The argument was when. Because Willie and I agree on this. When we are done for money, (laughs) we would like to be involved in the process that the money would be coming forth on what is. So what we have. What dad is learning here is a little lesson in economics. When you go from being a sole proprietor to a partnership, now you have to take the opinions of your partners, Dad. That's your it. Decision making. When you when you reach out and get investors, this is an economics lesson. The investors should know beforehand <laughs> where the money is going to be used. You've Therefore, been used just doing it yourself, opinion. sole proprietor. Now you've got partners. But, it, but it's it's still working because I get a call from Stone about a week ago that I'm on the hook for a new fan because of my equipment in the podcast room. So he said, yeah, I thought the hell he said, call you. So I said, we'll work something else. Apparently (laughs) he's expanding the empire and I'm, and I'm, I guess I'm going to be on the hook for the new fan. We we know uh, how that works with Zach does. He can't even pony up 120 bucks for a (laughs) microphone. I mean, he shut the whole podcast down. Like a lot of the land. So when we looked at it, we'd write it into thirds Will you pay a third? Jace, you pay a third. I pay a third. I said, the good news is 
when I take my part and put it in there, if you start talking about 200 acres of ground and you're going to pay for a third of it, I said, the good news is y'all put it in your names, not mine. I said, I'm just there to help the proceedings. Yeah, but well, it's true. And Willie, we well, it. even Willie said, oh, that's a pretty good deal it. we got going there. He's going to pay a third. Yep. I was only addressing the one aspect. You should write a new book called Faith Investing. <laughs> Because you're asking investors for money after the fact. And then when we say, well, wait a minute here, we could have done this this way and save some money. And then Phil says, trust me. <laughs> so that's. Uh, we had a group look at the. We, I'm wanted, investing to, by we wanted to put us a, a dump up to where we can hunt more water. Okay. It gives us 80. I don't want to get off into that. 80 acres up. more. <laughs> and, and somebody said, you know, we sent some, Willie sent some people down there and they said, yeah, we can do it. Hundred thousand for that dump that will cross the slough, yep. and I said, I'll, I'll I'll do it. Not not not. We ain't paying no hundred thousand. Well, I come out about twenty three thousand is what I put in it. Mm-hmm. But Phil, the problem is the expert said that your method wouldn't work, and therefore Willie, yeah, they didn't he, like. he said I didn't have the engineering skills to do it. But I proved him wrong. One. You had one. Jimmy well, Red. it works. That's perfect. YTBD. <laughs> yeah, they said long term that won't hold up. Feels like, but it is now. So I think yeah. I have accurately uh, depicted the situation. We have had a change in economic structure in the proceedings. Well, never, if, never, Jason M. Never, you never want to shortchange the redneck engineering skills <laughs> when it comes to water. Well. That's what my point is. If I'm going to put my faith and trust in something now in Jesus, oh yeah, he's an expert builder. He's, he's creator. Uh, he's the supervisor. I mean, I, I'm in, but when you looked at your team, which was you and the local redneck saying, trust us, we, we got, we're, cause I've noticed them. in my family when it comes to engineering and architecture, cause I'm just looking at what's around us. We're real good at destroying things, but not so good on rebuilding. <laughs> We're raising big bucks over there, and they're picking out what they want to shoot. So we got ducks coming. By the way, we're six weeks, seven weeks out from duck season as we sit here. So in the morning. Even less when you hear this. I will get Dan, the man, and we were going out there. We're shutting the plates. We're lowering the plates The plates tomorrow. are being low, lowered. Plates are being lowered where so we can hold water. Uh, in, in case this, it rains. In this theme of arguments, uh, the last podcast, because we, we do normally two podcasts in a day's time, but you may not hear them until three days, days apart. Right, so consider this a resurrection moment three days after hearing the last <laughs> podcast, <laughs> which I hope the title is The Argument of Words <laughs> and have eschatology in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had an epiphany in the last five minutes. Ooh, the argument. CJ's, look at there. That's a big uh, word for you, epiphany. How I did this Whoa. on purpose. You're, ki- <laughs> you're finally if catching Jace on. Jace can show us how he's made money on this <laughs> stock market downturn. If there's many money well, being made off money. that, he is a genius. Nope. He'll make money one day, but it won't be today. As a long-term investor, you, you lo- we're losing. We're losing right now, Phil. <laughs> We've been losing since last November. However... If you look at the overall market and the arrow is going up and to the right, three to five years from now, this will look just like a blip. You got one problem, Jace. Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Presidents come and go. But. Hold on to your pocketbook, Jace, as long yeah. as you see the word, two words, Joe Biden. Because, Which was the uh, same your, problem. The man on Fox, Fox Nation said, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I give you one word, one, one, one man's name? He said, what comes in your mind, Mr. Robinson? Joe Biden. And without hesitation, I said, hell on earth. Well, that wasn't one word. His was oh. one word, Biden. Biden. Oh. What, hap- what you goes in your mind? That was kill me. That was kill me. That was kill me. He said, what's your first thought that comes out? Well, you should have considered Joe that Biden. word when you were buying that fuel. Was I wrong, anyway, Al, on the You were not wrong. Earth? So, I, I 100% concur with so you. So in response to the last podcast, what I should have answered uh, the argument of the war of words was 1 Corinthians one seventeen. For Christ did not send me to baptize, which is what I should have hollered back at the fella who hollered at me when he said, baptism has nothing to do with water. You're teaching the Bible incorrectly. He took off. <laughs> so, I'm, at, I'm trying to pump some gas here. <laughs> That's way too high. So I should have read, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Zach, here's your part. Not with Words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Mm. Mm. That was quite the butchering of the <laughs> of the text there. <laughs> so when you think that speaking of context, that so yeah, when when context. Paul later on says in verse four of chapter two that my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words you're, 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 but with the demonstration of the Spirit's yeah. power. When you focus on Jesus, which is my focus, he is the Word of God incarnate. There's your word. A prophet from God told a guy named Naaman when he came to his house, Elisha the prophet sent a messenger to say to him, this guy has leprosy and he would like to be cured and here was what he was told to do. This is Old Testament. Go, this is uh, 2 Kings 5. He's going back to the yelling guy. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. He's talking about the Jordan River water. Water. And your flesh will be restored. And you'll be. Naaman went right. away angry. He's like your buddy that said it has. Water has nothing to do with it. All right. So well, his Phil, servants you know finally came to, and yeah. you, he said, he'll cure you. So Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says, look, wash in the Jordan seven times and be cleansed. Won't you just do it? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. It has nothing to do with water. And the man of God told him his flesh was restored and became clean like a young boy. Has nothing to do with water. He didn't say one river. He said, there's two rivers we got across. He said, why? That argument, I'm not sure that applies. But I I see your point. And here's what I'm going to take from that. The next time somebody hollers at me about that, I'm going to say, Talk to Phil. That's it. Go find <laughs> Phil. He Go find Naaman who had leprosy seven dips in the Jordan River. Yeah, and to clarify, I was on the side of Mark 1, 8, when John says, I baptize you with water, 
But there's another baptism coming, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Which is Mark the point. 1, 8. My whole point is, let's go to Mark, and I'm going to focus on Jesus on all these issues. Because even, even baptizing someone today in water has nothing to do, really, about the water or who's baptizing you. It is the response to a person who's put his faith and trust in who? The Word of God, Jesus Christ, who became a human. That, that's my point. You don't... That was that was Paul's point. They were having some big arguing about who was baptizing, who was doing the baptizing. And he's like, look, it, this... If you take Jesus out of the equation, the the equation doesn't matter. Right. Which right. which exactly was, was the point in Peter when he said it's not the washing of the flesh; it's the pledge of a good conscience. So we all understand there's nothing magical about the water itself, yeah. but you can't separate the water from it. I mean, the well, water is right, that's a that's different just, issue. Yeah. yeah exactly. And what I'm saying is, you're they're I think making that's Dad's point. A mountain out of a molehill. And it's a uh, it's a needless uh, distraction, because to me, if you can't have an understanding without Jesus, which should be the focus. Well, we had a pretty comprehensive discussion. We've had many about that. Yeah, I, I remember one podcast in particular, and we all kind of have four different views. I mean, you and you and Zach are kind of on one side of the spectrum, me and down the other. But I mean, it was I thought I thought we were pretty exhaustive, and I thought it was pretty fair and open minded to the you know to I mean, the I symbol. I extend a lot of grace in those kind of discussions as long as we're united on Jesus. But exactly. I mean, I just don't think it does any any good to you know holler at a fellow believer going down the road. Well, at least at least uh, not have the lead in of saying, hey, I could be wrong. Well. And then and then do your holler. We just spent a whole podcast, a couple podcasts ago, about how we listen and how we hear and being open-minded. Because I don't think any person on the planet has everything figured out from Genesis to Revelation. No way. It's impossible. That's why we spend our but life. Have you figured out Jesus? And let's unite yeah. as that is the foundation of which we apply everything else that revolves around that. Right. Which I think takes us back to Mark, which is just the perfect time. Let's take a break. So uh, the reason that Lisa and I are up here in Oklahoma is that we're speaking at a uh, pro-life event in, in Norman. And we're super excited about that. Uh, obviously, most of our speaking around the country now centralizes around the pro-life movement. And uh, we've met some really interesting people along our journey and some really great groups. And one of those groups is is, is a group called uh, 40 Days for Life. And they're one of our podcast sponsors. And uh, we love them. I mean, they're just doing such good work. They have over a million volunteers uh, in a thousand cities around the world. And they have these peaceful vigils where they just gather together to pray. They're praying for women to make the decision, the right decision, uh, the right choice uh, to bring their child into this world. Uh, they're praying for people that can uh, engage in adoption and fostering. Because uh, our family, Jace has been involved in, in, in Willie and Corey and Jep and all of these areas in the pro-life movement. Because we're not just trying to save babies. We're trying to help them have a fulfilling life. And that's what really life is all about. So we want you to check these guys out. Check out their locations, uh, their podcast. They've got a free magazine uh, at 40daysforlife.com. Uh, they're going to update you and give you a lot of information on what's going on in the pro-life world. So that's 4040daysforlife.com. 40, uh, check these guys out.
takes us back to Mark with the idea of Jesus is explaining this with the parables, but he sort of has almost two different codes of his speech about the parables because he's just giving the parables to the masses because he's trying to see who's serious enough about him to want to dive deeper is my impression. And then he tells the disciples exactly what he means because they've already chosen to follow him wherever he goes. See the difference after he chose them. Exactly. So what I'm saying is once you make the decision, you're all in, you discuss things differently. I mean, we'll talk about things. I'll teach things in a Bible class of Christians that I wouldn't get into with some unbeliever because what would when be Naaman was told what to do over there, he had leprosy. <laughs> when Naaman was told what to do, he was arguing with God about it. He said, that has nothing to do with the water. What are you talking about? Right. He's in his, I probably wouldn't go to that said, argument to say that what well, people are baptized in water just because that was, I mean, maybe you could apply Actually, some it's a, shadow. It's a, but you think about it, Jason, it's an excellent argument because it, it was just about finding healing. Take the baptism I mean, side true. out. Well, he even argued about the water. He right, said, and you're he right. Said, why cross two, well, why this two river? fine rivers getting to the Jordan? To the dirty river. And his, his uh, servant said, look, he said, Jordan, why don't you just do it? He said if he had asked you to do something complex, you'd I'm have done it. I'm familiar with the story. I'm just saying I think there's a better. The story fits well. It, it, you know, I do, yeah. too. I think it's because it makes it, it takes it. It's about, it's just something God says do. That's right. And so why wouldn't we do it? You know, it's well, my... that's true. And people say that. You get but... to the guy named, nicknamed the Baptist, you know, and you've read the Bible from Genesis to Malachi. There's not a word brought up about it. And the first thing you see is when John the Baptist, you know, when Jesus is preparing the way for him, is you start seeing all these people. They were uh, went out to him. They confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Give me a break, right? I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. Why don't you just do it? No, evidently it is to some people. To it some is. People it is, it oh, is the equivalent yeah. of rocket science. I love them, but but even I'm saying that I've heard people say, "Well, it's a commandment. Do it." But then all of a sudden, when I hear that, I'm like, well, you're, you're taking away. And now you're making it law. Well, you know, it's, just, it's like people, human beings go to extremes in, in pretty much every issue of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's, it's hard to, if, you're, if your goal of Christianity is to unite with people on every detail in the Bible, it's going to be a frustrating experience for you. Yeah. And I think your approach to Bible has to always be growth, which I think was the point of that last parable we used just to kind of tie that off where we get to this miracle on the lake um, is that you, uh, faith is like a mustard seed, which means it's very small, but it grows into something very big. You know, you think about it. He, he said the kingdom of God is like that. It goes in small. At the beginning, you don't have much. But as you grow through that process, I thought about Second Thessalonians 1, 3. Paul said, we, always ought, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and your love that all of you have for one another is increasing. So this idea is about growing and studying for the, your whole life, and the more you study, of course, the greater but, it is. Well, see, my, my view of reading this, I mean, so he tells them that parable about the mustard seed. And we talked about that in one of the other podcasts. Yeah, we brought it up. But 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 he's actually showing them this is what's happening to them because when he when Mark kind of interjects 
his overall, uh, y'all can think of a big word, whatever this is, segue. It's not a big word, but. Where are you? Parent, parent, how about this? Parenthetical, verse 30, there you go. 33. That's too big to fit a Scrabble board. 34, when he says. 33. 433. 433. He says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So he's talking about the crowds here. But then he says this. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So and he did the same thing with the parable of the sower. So he spoke the parable of the sower to the crowd. Well, they're all looking around saying, well, he's talking about Four different hearts, and I mean, the, he, not, well, they're wondering what he thought about. See, right. yeah, he just told the story about a farmer goes out and some birds ate some seeds, and some of the seeds didn't come up because the the thorns choked it, or they had no root. And what well, he, but to people that without the explanation, they're like, "What is he talking about?" Which I think was encouraging them to seek out him and see what Correct. world he's talking about. And when they you said, know, a handful of them thought, I wonder if he's talking about us. I mean, like some of them probably, you know, the seekers. He, this was God's way of revealing that he is here. I agree. Now, we can sit around and argue about, well, why didn't God come in the technological world and use a cell phone? You know, but he chose to do this in this time before technology and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him in that that this was the best. We do have faith in after the fact that God's doing this. And he did predict that hundreds of years earlier in Daniel that it would come in the time of the Roman Empire. Yep. Which it did. So yeah. he he chose this time. So I'm saying my point is, I think he did this and explained that and told them that. Cause to them, they seem like this is just twelve ordinary guys who are basically not influential, not powerful. They don't have human words of wisdom and they're just going around following Jesus. Well, it doesn't seem like this is going to revolutionize the world. Right. This doesn't seem like, so when I see if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, I tend to think the, amount of faith is not necessarily the measure of which you possess, but rather in who or in whom you've put your little faith. Right. And the reason I say that, because it leads to this next story, I don't think this is by accident, in verse 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Mark four thirty-five, let us go over to the other side. We're familiar with this story. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, furious squall. So I would like to think, I mean, at least similar to a tornado or a hurricane to be known as a furious squall, came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And look, I've been on the Sea of Galilee. There's not one tree anywhere i mean it's dang if you were out there in a storm it would be something you would be highly fearful this thing jace was six uh, it's six i looked at this looked this up it's 686 feet below sea level the sea of galilee 
and you got a desert on one side and you got a sea on the other. So to further prove your point, not only do you not have anything around it, but you got a desert wind coming in on one side and then you got the Mediterranean Sea on the other. So this thing would, would have been a petri dish of potential wind problems and squalls. So watch, but well, to my point, watch what happens. So 38, Jesus was in the stern. Now look, this is interesting. He's asleep on a pillow. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? (laughs) What kind of statement is that? He got up, said, quiet, be still. So he said that to the waves and the wind. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Now look at this terminology. Do you still have no faith? Faith in what? Just think about this. I mean, I'm interjecting this here. Faith in faith in who? Yeah. So, but watch what they said. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? <laughs> that, well, that's the whole point here, yeah. which gets back to, is he Lord? Is he the son of God? Which is why I'm saying this is where your focus is. Or is he a liar, as the Pharisees are saying? Or is he a lunatic, as his family Said, to, he yeah. said, yeah, this guy's lost his mind. Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. So when you apply that to the parable of the mustard seed, I think it's the same thing. They're not getting the big picture here. They think they're this little group going around. None of them are influential. He's not acting very influential, even though he does have this, this seemingly supernatural power. He's telling everybody not to talk about it. He's not using it to, like, conquer kingdoms. He's just helping people, and the people he's helping, other people are like, these people aren't important. Why are you helping people that are not important? This is not going to do us any good. And so, I mean, look, when I read something like this, I think the reason he's chastising them so much is what they should have thought was, what was he doing during this storm? He was asleep. What they should have said, well, if he's not worried about it, why are we? Yeah, go in there and lay down. We're with him. Go lay down with him. You know, everybody always immediately goes to the end and starts making applications, but the whole point of the story was if he's not, if the creator of the universe, this powerful being, is asleep during the storm, why in the world are we so upset? It's the same thing. Let's take a break. So I'd say... I don't know if both of y'all will agree with this, but dealing with men a lot through the years, just trying to encourage them and help them through sinful struggles. One of the things that has come up over and over again is an addiction to pornography. Um, and I, and I guess it's, I read somewhere this growing in women as well, but we, we know that's been a problem with men. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about lust. Jesus talks about what's seen with the eyes affects the heart and vice versa. And so it's it's not easy to talk about, but at the same time, it's something that we know has to be talked about. And for the last 22 years, um, one of our sponsors, our good friends at Covenant Eyes, um, have helped people with this. Over a million and a half people now lead a porn-free life because of their association with, with these guys. And uh, so we support them 100%. They support us as well on this podcast. It not only protects you, but it also protects your family uh, when you can get off of this addiction to pornography. So we want you to try them. They have a 30-day free trial uh, at Covenant Eyes. It's 
a free 30-day trial if you sign up today with a promo code Phil. And how you get there is you go to Cove, C-O-V-I-S, E-Y-E-S, CoveEyes.com slash Phil. So that's CoveEyes.com slash Phil, free 30-day trial, and get this pornography out of your life. Jason, same thing when I'm on an airplane, because I spend a lot of time on planes. When something happens and I'm like, ooh, what was that? And I look up and I look at the people who work for this, that do this all the time. When they're yawning and they're still on their phone or they're still serving the drinks and stuff and seem to be no big deal, I think, ah, I guess it's no big deal. But when they run around and go sit down or go get on the phone and call up front, then I start getting nervous. Well, multiply that a thousand and you have the people, uh, I mean the person who's actually control can control the element that's right because when you add this in to what he's already done and what he's fixing to do in the next story within a story you have another demon possessed man and a dead girl comes up that he that he raises from the dead in you know 21 which we're going to get to and someone else he heals that wasn't a disease it was just some physical condition to you well, he's covering everything that could possibly happen in life. Right. Disease, d- demons, hurricanes, death, and he doesn't seem too worried about it. So it's amazing. We just all watched coverage, you know, fairly recently of a hurricane, of major hurricane that hit the U.S. Can you imagine if you're watching the Weather Channel and you know the guys are standing in it, you know, and they're blowing around, they're holding on, you know, and everybody's you are all marveling because you don't get to see 150 mile an hour wind. And then Jesus would just walk up and say, hush. And this, I mean, all, it just dissipated. I mean, that's the equivalent of what we're talking about. Somebody just walking in the middle of that and saying, or, or if there was a guy behind the guy in, in one of those uh, It was just hammocks. walking along. No, he's in a hammock asleep with it <laughs> moving in the that's wind. That's even better. You'd be like, <laughs> look at that guy. That? that guy's just asleep. <laughs> or, no, he's dead. You better go check <laughs> him. Check you know, his pulse. He's not worried about it. That's right. That would be the good. What were you gonna say, Dad? Well, I'm just saying. In other words, if it terrifies people, there's a lot of things that go on on planet Earth that will terrify you when it comes to weather. Yeah. Be it fires, tornadoes, hurricanes, lightning while you're fishing. You say, "Well, I'll get away from the get off the Gulf shore because that a, I mean, it just fury comes out out of nowhere." Yeah. And now they've got enough technology, they see them coming. You kind of know it's coming. You need to get out of there or yep. some, if you ride it out, every man for himself. I mean, it's just a, those things are there, I think, to test everybody's faith. Yeah. Well, to Jay's point, though, earlier, which I agree with, not only were they terrified of the storm, then Jesus calmed it, and they were even more terrified of him. <laughs> they were yeah. like, who is this guy? Terrible question. I mean, don't you know Jesus in that moment thought, you don't get it. You're not <laughs> if putting us, the pieces If we together. three had been there and all this went down. I'd have been scared, I admit and, it. And, and what about and, Zach? And look, don't leave him Don't out. leave Zach out. Zach's in, yeah, even though he Zach, uses it. And look, all of a sudden, it just comes to a dead steal, I would say. I would probably say could can you believe that i mean it was so remarkable they had to say well, we grew up on the river right. and we'd be out there in the summertime putting out a travel net or something like that and all of a sudden a squall came up and the idea was there we got to get out of here He's, the oh, lightning's yeah. popping around you the wind's oh, howling yeah. so we've had a little taste of it ourselves 
but never with Jesus asleep in the boat. Right, Jay? I mean, it's just a, it's a strange story, but I think if you, you combine it with what you just read, yeah. he, he was saying this is the foundation. It seems small, but when you go all the way back to chapter one, he's like, the time, the time has come. Right. God has arrived. I don't know what what other proof proof you could want. You know, if you're you're an unbeliever and you just question how this all happened, how this got here, what the Bible's doing here. I mean, you read the first four chapters of Mark, and you should conclude. You know what? What if God did come come here? Yeah. Because to me, that's what it's leading. And and what I'm seeing in the religious world, what they do is they start focusing on these moments and these miracles, trying to apply that to everyday life, and they're forgetting. He came about preaching a message about the kingdom and transformation because of that repentance, changing your life. And when you get to Mark 8 and 9, then all of a sudden he starts taking this into, you've got to, you've got to die, you've got to sacrifice. You, you, th- then it's not about what you know our comforts here. He was never promising them a bunch of comforts, but they were misinterpreting what he was doing where they're like, well, he's healing people. He if he heals me from a disease, everything's going to be okay. Well, that's not necessarily true if you miss Jesus, the one who was doing it. Or if you're now okay and you wind up in a terrible storm. Exactly. I mean, it's like, oh, so we never have to worry about storms again. No, trust me, there's going to be some more storms. I will say, and y'all will have to agree because it happened, uh, when it came right down to push come to shove, when it came time for him to die, and here comes the teachers of the law, and the, they got the Gentiles with them, the Roman soldiers, and they're down there. They said, "All right, we 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 fix kill him." I just I, I noticed that all of the disciples, let's face it, Al, they hit the road. Yeah, they thought it was over. Yeah, they thought it was over. Yeah, you, 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 well, so even after three uh, years, if you had watched what happened out there in that on that water. You'd have thought maybe that'd probably do it, but when it came right down to it, life and death there, and they see them him being arrested, they said, "We need to, uh, we need to get out of here." We're still just a <clears throat> save yourself. Let's get out of here. We're still just a few months into those three years. You're right, and even but even at the end of it, when they saw it all, they you're right. They still isn't they it still amazing failed. that Jesus' words to Peter was, "Hey Peter," he said, "Do you love me?" Mm-hmm. I mean, after he was resurrected, "Do you love me?" I mean. Yep. He says, I love you. He said, hey, do you really love me? I mean, he he gave him a little lesson in what real love is, no matter the circumstances. And uh, let's take another break. So I'm glad we got the ladies on today because we talk a lot on this podcast about sleep mm-hmm. because a lot of our sponsors are related to, you know, mattresses and different things like that. I thought maybe it was because of Jace being on here. Well, that too, because he does a lot of sleeping. <laughs> Uh, but mom, bowl and branch sheets, uh, you guys have them, Lisa and I have them and, and love them. And we used them even before they were a sponsor right. on the podcast, right? Yeah. Because they're such yeah. a great sheet. So what do you love the most about the bowl and branch sheet? Um, I love them cause they have deep pockets. So whenever you have the big, thick, um, mattresses, you know, they won't come off the corners. Mm-hmm. And then I also love them because we have had ours and we have used them for years and years and they do not peel. They do not make those little things on the bed you know the little beads that are on the bed they're all they are the same the first time you put them on as you know the next time Um, they almost never just come up 
come off. Right. right. I don't like the other yeah. ones. Used to. They're very comfortable. The reason why is because of their high quality um, threads and the way, and they are not just that a number, but that they're made from the best yeah. product, yeah. which makes them great. Uh, they come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. They have a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. But uh, trust me, you're not going to send these You won't back. send them back. You won't send them back. So I want you to try the sheets. It will make fall the coziest season of the year. Get 15% <laughs> off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use the promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch, bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. Get a great night's sleep on some great sheets. Amen. Which is our story. I mean, that's our story too, right? I mean, it's that's why that's why I love I love the Jace tied that to the mustard seed because you know I think what's happening here is as Jesus has showed up and he's basically saying two things: the kingdom's here because the king is here, and so you get to that part about the mustard seed. I mean, really, it's not it's not our faith that drives anything it's god drives it and he may do things through our faith but but it's i mean he's the one that's accomplishing all this he accomplished uh, you know the salvation of our souls the advancement of his kingdom it's all his stuff and i don't remember who said this <coughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna claim it's not my own but i'm gonna say it in the in the first person but uh because i can't remember which author said it but something like the the ma- the biggest threat to the kingdom of, of god is the kingdom of zach dasher or you put yourself in that place. And so, well, I think what's happening here is like we put ourselves, we have our own little kingdoms that we're building here. And it's, it's about our own power structure. It's about our own, you know, our own power. And, and that's, that's the thing that he's turning upside down, even like in this moment of the storm. I mean, that's a moment of complete helplessness. If you've ever been like, you think you mentioned that, that the storm that hit recently in Florida and came up through Carolina, the Carolinas, if you're in the way of a category five hurricane, there's not really anything you can do. Mm. I mean, you're completely helpless unless you're with the King of all of the universe who can literally say stop and the winds and the, and the waves obey that guy. Like he can stop. Exactly. It. So it's a, it's the perfect picture. Cause when you think about the most devastating force in nature, it's probably what happens out there in the ocean. That is completely beyond the control of man. And and that and that's the thing that, that God Himself, when He was with us in the flesh, when He was with the disciples in the flesh, He had power and dominion and authority over that. And I think that's what this whole thing. And that can towards. be a metaphor, Zach, to any storm in your life. I mean, that can expand out beyond yeah. just waves, right? I mean, that can be anything you go through. But how many sermons have you heard? People come to the Gospels, and I've heard sermon after sermon, and they talk about how much faith. Well, you didn't have enough faith. If I only had more faith. That they're missing a point. It's like if if you go down that road without seeing the point, and 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 you think about uh, how much faith instead of who your faith is is in. So I think when he says he makes these measures of faith, because they're asking the question, well, well, who is this? To me, if that's your focus, that would be the equivalent of throwing your anchor. You know, we get that from Hebrews six. 19 when it says you know that god can't lie and he doesn't change his nature and it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul and then it says you know because jesus is our high priest well it's what you're anchored to 
Really? I mean, you could throw your anchor out. Well, if it's not attached to the boat, guess what? Just drags. You just lost an anchor. <laughs> but people, they're like, oh, well, you know, I, that, I'm, I, if I have, I'm going to try to work. I'm going to have a lot of faith here. If it's not anchored to Jesus as the son of God, mm. as the focus of, of or point. the filter of everything that you make a daily decision to, you can sit there and try to have as much faith and trust in a storm. Because I've seen people praying to whoever on a plane after they said, we're going to make an emergency landing. Well, everybody started praying. But I'm like, or and everybody started no, believing, and everybody started holding hands. I mean, the faith was really high up. But I started thinking about Jesus in this storm. Because right. <laughs> I'm like, there's only one person I know of who said, shh. And it shh. and it shushed. Yeah, it shushed. So that's why I'm saying, don't, don't, you know, we just try try to make it all about us and, and what we can achieve through having this faith and belief. Even the world says, so, you know, you gotta believe in yourself. Well, every time I ever believed in myself, bad things happen. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I make mistakes. Because to, to your point, because to your point, Jason, an, an anchor untethered is not an anchor at all. Yeah. But what makes an anchor an anchor is that it hooks into something that doesn't move. It holds. It, I mean, it, I mean, we've all been on boats a lot, and it, and if you put a if you have an anchor on a very short rope, and you're in twenty foot water, and your rope is ten feet long with an anchor at the bottom, it's uh, mm-hmm. I threw out the anchor. There's actually well in the fact that you use the word untethered, which I've never heard before in my life, but I know what it means (laughs) because I used to be a world class tetherball player. The and the reason I know that game is because the ball is attached to the pole. If it wasn't, the first time you had hit it, it would go off out in the woods. It doesn't go anywhere. So you hit it, yeah, it's a tether ball game. So Zach, tether fits on a scrabble board. But untethered doesn't. It's too, too many, many letters. letters. But so, I'll, so I'll, again, Jace's vocabulary no, is limited you, well, to a Scrabble board. If you, well, if you have tethered, you can add un to it, and you can make untethered. No, I so liked could, it. I liked it because it's the same. You've given me a secondary parable <laughs> to go with the idea of the anchor and the boat. You throw your anchor out. If it's not attached to the boat, which would be Jesus, is the boat then you look like an idiot. If so, you're playing tetherball without the ball being attached to the pole. It's pretty much just throwing a string around. Well, you pretty much got one shot. You better make the most of it and hope it works out. So there's a biblical story that actually is perfect, which I was talking about. Remember at the end of Acts in 27, 28, when Paul had the shipwreck and wound up on the Isle of Malta? So it, it tells that story because when I was on Crete, the Isle of Crete myself, I thought about it, that he went around that island. He told him, he said, boys, you better pull in here. This is not going to end well. They didn't listen because they didn't have an anchor. So a storm comes up, and look, they threw the anchor down, and they went from Greece to Italy. That's how long it dragged them along, for two weeks, until finally they shipwrecked and they wound up on the island of Malta. So, I mean, literally, they were dragged along for two weeks not being able to hold anchor. That's how strong the storm was. Well, to make a practical application of all this, because we've all done done things. We've lost drags. You know, you use a drag in a, in a boat many times when we've lost nets and all. And on several occasions, you know, we'll throw the drag out. Well, if you don't have it tied to the boat, I mean, I've done it. Because then I have I had to drag the drag. I had one break. And 10 years later, a fellow you know, sat down with me, was telling me, I said, what do you do for a living? He 
He said, I do a little scuba diving too. He added, I said, what? He said, scuba diving. I said, I need you. <laughs> I remembered where I lost that anchor and I took him up there and I pointed straight down. I said, right there, about 20 foot of water. I said, you'll find a rope and my anchor's on it. I said, but I broke my rope. I said, I, but I, you're the first guy that I've run up on that can get it. So I pointed to where, where the rope was. I said, you'll find the rope. Go down the rope. Somewhere I'm hooked onto it, and it broke. I, I'd hooked another rope, see. Yeah. So well, anyway, it's a good he, story. He went down there. <clears throat> bubbles coming up. You're watching. Within five minutes, I saw his hand. <clears throat> he had that anchor. And, and he said, how long ago has this been? I said, 10 years. He said, how did you remember right where you dropped it? I said, because that's a great anchor and I want it back. Well, right now in my boat is that anchor. Still so here got at this it. But my point is, Phil, whenever someone is wondering how to get back, how to get their life in order, you got to go find that anchor, which is Jesus. That That's going to be the way to do it. And it's not just acknowledging about him, to Zach's point last podcast, bringing up the John 17 you know, John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life to know him. God chose to send Jesus for us to get to know him. That's why in the practical application of all this is every time I'm involved in a meeting or a business venture or somebody's got something they want to lay on me or we have a situation with people who have made bad decisions or whatever, the question I've asked thousands of times, we're all sitting around in a meeting and this is seeming like it's going off the rails a great question is where's jesus in all this yeah and it usually stops and people like because if it's not about jesus in our own life getting to know him better or it's about not about proclaiming him in this situation to get him out in the world i'm really not interested and it really should be the first question right let's let's take our last break Yeah, the first question should be, where is Jesus and all this? Because, again, back to our story, at the end of the story, because, look, this is an expansion. Everything Jesus has done up to now in the miracles has been the casting out of demons and healing of folks, which is a lot. But now he's expanding into controlling the natural elements of earth, which, again, who's done that, right? I mean, you know, there were some prophets back in the old days. They could heal some people, and they even raised people from the dead. They did some amazing things by the by the Spirit of God. But you didn't see anybody doing a lot of this type action where you just stop a storm in its tracks, which is pretty amazing. I mean, this is an, expan- it's an expansion of him showing who he is, I think, is, which is important. Jay's this, this next story I want to mention a little bit so we can talk about a little bit in overtime because we're kind of in our last segment here um, about this healing that happens with this next guy. No, I think this is amazing because I think this is where you get the picture of everything bad that's going on in our world, you see signs of it. I mean, now, granted, this guy's possessed by demons. You know, and in one of the other Gospels, the parallel story, there was actually two guys, so I don't know if it's two different instances or... I think there may have been just... I I looked at that, too, because Matthew has two men being here, but it's, it's, it's the same story. But I think that Mark and Luke just focused on this one guy. But I do think there was another guy there. Yeah. Another... another now, uh, and I'll tell you, this is a, this is a movie here. Uh, you know, for every bad Hollywood movie that you've seen about demon possession or Ghostbusters, they're trying to 
picture something like this. I mean, this is rated R. I mean, because especially if you're a pig lover. <laughs> so I'll read the story because I think it's noteworthy to get it in your head. Yeah, yeah read the, it. I'm gonna it went across I'm the intro. lake. So, so after that happened, everybody's sitting there thinking, what in the world is going on? Uh, Jesus got out of the boat. A man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart. No one was strong enough to subdue him, and night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stone. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Which, here again, the evil spiritual world knew who Jesus was. Yeah, he this, knew is, this is about the God. fourth time this You've is had happened. God declare it, and you've had uh, the demons declare it. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? And in whenever your uh, greatest synthesized voice, you can say, My name is Legion. My name is Legion. He replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. The evil spirits came out, went into the pigs. That caused a stampede. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rumbled down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. I mean, can you imagine this? (laughs) And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed. I mean, he was naked is implied mm. and in his right mind so he was obviously had mental mental challenges while he had the demons and they were afraid now they were afraid at the transformation which i think is interesting it is interesting those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon possessed man told about the pigs to all then the people began to plead with jesus to leave their region because <laughs> i mean this just it scared them yeah and it's the same question well who who is who is this? Yeah, and, and we'd think, rather we'd rather you move on. We, you would think this would be a positive. I mean, unless you you know really love pigs. I mean, this is like the uh, the three the three pig story. The three little pig. This is the two thousand pigs. The R rated biblical version. But remember, that was a lot of money that ran out in that water too. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed. Now I think this is really interesting. Begged begged to go with him jesus did not let him Hmm. but because if you think about the if you look at this as prayer form he actually answered the request of the demons and then let them go out they were begging jesus that's right and now he bet here's the guy who's been healed he begged for him to let him go with him which why would you deny that and i love this this response Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so I believe in this moment, and of course the man did what he what he said. Because remember, he had already now 
gotten the impression that he wasn't a family man after the Jesus after this thing happened when they said you're you know his family thought he was out of his mind they wanted to see him and then Jesus throws him under the bus by saying my family's whoever does the will of father right but in this case he he introduces this idea that people like this with horrible past I mean this is a homeless naked man cutting himself uh, who's under the control of the evil one, lit, hanging out in a graveyard. Which would make him unclean in any of the Jewish settings, uh, for sure. Well, and just a scary person that you would never want to do, and is re, you know representative in a lot of ways of our current society in the inner cities. Yep. There's people who are hurting themselves, homeless, you think they're crazy, and they're running around naked. Right. It, that, um, it's just kind of ironic that you could pretty much go down and see this under a bridge in one of the big cities. And this guy is now transformed, and Jesus uses that person to go back and influence his family for the Lord and the kingdom. And even more than that. Awesome. Even more than that. The Decapolis is 10 cities. So these are 10 cities ranging from as far north as Damascus, as far south as Philadelphia, which is almost to the Dead Sea. So you're talking about this guy is roaming around, Jay's all over these 10 cities proclaiming this good news. And God, once again, does what you least expect. That's him to exactly do. right. Hey, yeah, he does. And, and I think it's, I was just thinking as you were, when you pointed that out, that this man was like, well, he wanted to go with Jesus and you can understand why, because he had experienced healing and he was <clears throat> with the one that healed him. And, and I thought about this, everything that God's accomplishing through Jesus um, on planet earth and establishing his kingdom and which would involve, by the way, the coming of the Holy spirit later. But listen to this in John 16, when Jesus says the spirit comes, he's going to convict the world um, in terms of sin, righteousness, and judgment concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. But listen to this thing about righteousness. This is very interesting to me and, and, and the role of the spirit. Concerning righteousness, which is being right with God, because I go to the Father and and you no longer see me. And I I think about that guy that you just mentioned, that demon-possessed guy, was he was afraid to be away from Jesus. Because he's like, man, when you're around, amazing things happen. And and that's one of the reasons when Jesus said, I I have to go, because I'm going to the Father. I'm not going to be walking with you guys every day. It's going to be hard to live a righteous life. But... You will become the new temple that the Holy Spirit is going to come in you and live. And now wherever you go, I'm going to be there through my Holy Spirit. So I, I just thought about that. Like that's that's we have like we we actually can have what that guy didn't have. We actually do have Jesus that goes with us everywhere as we go out and proclaim him, which is pretty, pretty amazing if you think about it. No, that's yeah. good. That's a good point. We're out of time. Um, we'll uh, we'll go a little bit more into this in the overtime and then we'll also pick this up in our next regular podcast as well so if you want to follow us over it's blazetv.com slash unashamed thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.